hello, 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 hello. What up, man? Welcome to Deep Talk with Sony Blaze, where we get to have deep intellectual conversations with high-minded individuals right in the smooth city in the world, Rochester, New York. I am your very knowledgeable host, Sony Blaze, and welcome to Deep Talk with Sony Blaze. Now, today in Deep Talk with Sony Blaze, we're having a deep convo about the importance of financial literacy. What is financial literacy? What's the benefit of having it? And much more coming up next on Deep Talk with Sony Blaze, right after these breaks. Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome back to Deep Talk with Sony Blaze, where we get to have deep inter intellect wow i just got a brain fart for a second there <laughs> so we're where we get to have deep intellectual conversation with high-minded individuals right in the smooth city in the world rochester new york once again i am your very knowledgeable host sony blaze and today i have a very special guest you know he's about to go ahead and give us some knowledge about some really good subject of today about the importance of of financial literacy. So I'm about to go ahead and move to the back and allow the individual, the special guest, um, to speak for today. So uh, go ahead and uh, um, and introduce yourself to the people. Gotcha. Hi, I'm Brian Smith. Um, mm -hmm. Background for myself, I'm a mechanical engineer at Pathfinder Engineers and Architects. Uh, um, and um, then, uh, exactly what that do, just exactly, like, uh, what kind of engineer is that again? Uh, mechanical engineering. Mechanical engineering. So look mm -hmm. at a building, and you like take away the bricks and whatnot, all the insides, like ductwork, um, piping, oh. things of that nature is what I design. So oh, like okay. Nice. So basically, you work on the skeleton of a building. So you basically, you're, um, you just check out what makes the building flow basically you just fix the flow of it or something like it may be like a, a lamest term to it so the, um if you can just you know tell us just a little bit more about that um yeah so engineering wise you have when you turn on your faucet you expect water to come out so my role would be to calculate the water pressure needed to make water flow from that faucet or if you're within a room you're too hot figuring out the amount of energy needed to cool you down in space or mm. heat you up. And then also looking at it from an energy efficiency standpoint. So I got to thank you and individuals like you that I'd be able to take nice, warm, hot showers, man. That's what's up. That, that's what's up. So, <laughs> so go ahead and uh, continue introducing my, uh, uh, yourself to the people. Gotcha. Yeah. So beyond my engineering in the city of Rochester, I'm involved with the black young professionals. Mm. Of Rochester. I'm the membership chair. It's a great organization for persons 21 to 40 years old mm. to network, gain your professional development in different areas, and also do community service events. Oh, wow. And I'm how also long, involved. How, how, how long have you been doing the Black Young Professionals for? Like, how long? Um, I think this is probably my third year coming up. Um, how long have I been here? I've been here four years. Oh, nice. Probably my fourth year, but third year um, on the board. Oh, great. Um, I hope hopefully in the future, the Black Ink Professional and the main radio will be able to work with each other soon. All right. So well, continue on. Gotcha. 
um, involved with American Society of Heating Refrigeration Engineers. That's something small. What else am I in? Um, I'm a member of Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated, one of the Divine Nine. Uh, your fraternity, is that correct? Yes. Oh. So how would like somebody be able to actually join your fraternity? Like, uh, like say for instance that they was going to school and like how they be able to be part of your fraternity and be one of your fraternity brothers? Okay. So if you're in college right now, you could seek out um, the different fraternities there, mm-hmm. um, kind of go to different meetings or their events and kind of show interest that way. It's a big piece of discretion so it's about kind of moving in silence to choose or get chosen by that group, but mm. making yourself known. Awesome. And then once you graduate college mm-hmm. in the alumni world, you still go to different events and whatnot, but you can be more forward and kind of say, hey, I'm interested in learning more about your fraternity or your sorority. Oh, nice. Okay, so if I understand mainly what's going on is like let's say if i was going to school and i want to be part of your fraternity instead of just going out and knocking on their door i have to actually do certain things for me to actually be recognized be like you know they'd be like hey we want to go ahead and uh, put you in our fraternities and i had to make sure i do certain things and stuff like not in secret but to basically don't broadcast that loud or something like that you know and do i got that correct or yeah, for the most part in college, it's kind of, you don't want to broadcast it too loud. Um, it's interesting. So you have mm-hmm. the other, so the Divine Nine is like the Black Greeks and sororities. Yes. And you have the non-Black Greeks and sororities. So they have a rushing process where you can actually go to that fraternity and say, I want to be involved in your fraternity. For the Divine Nine, it's more of that cream of the crop kind of idea where it's like, I go to your events and you see me there. And then you also see me in the community doing community service initiatives or I'm really good at school or things of that nature where it's like, oh, we think that person would belong in our group. You can also express it, but not as openly. That's mm. a rush. No, that is interesting. And um, also, I got a question. So the stuff that the that individuals has to go through to be part of it exactly why do they do that for well, it if you be able to actually speak on that is it to see if they're be able to be more committed to it or something around those lines or that's just too much and you can't actually speak on that um i'm i don't understand your question per se okay uh okay for a- for instance like let, okay i'll give you an example you remember the um First Prince of Bel-Air, when Carlton was going through the process of being um, um, part of the, that fraternity and stuff they had to do to basically get into it. So mainly my main question is, like, why do why do people have to go through those types of problems? Even though I'm pretty sure that you don't do directly how they did it because, you know, it was a, com- a comedy. But I was just using that as an example. But, like, um, why do they actually do that type of stuff anyway? So I'm just wondering, just something that I just had a question with. If you still don't understand it, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think I saw that particular episode. Uh, but, I mean, I can't really speak on, on that. Where all different organizations are non-hazing 
fraternities and sororities. So mm-hmm. there isn't a process per se. Gotcha. There's just a, the background of understanding what the that fraternity or the sorority is, the history behind it, and knowing what kind of goals are. But there's no other thing. As again, we're not hazing fraternity. Okay, nah, I got you. So, um, also, um, a bit of um, I want to know a bit about the knowledge that you have on the subject. Are we talking about the um, financial history? So, like, uh, to let the people know, like, what, what they're getting into. Gotcha. So, I just have a passion for finance. Um, my engineering background really stems from my parents. Yes, they're engineers, and my grandparents were also engineers, and I was the firstborn, so I went into engineering mm-hmm. but for me i've always been curious about finance anything related to finance and just kind of expanding my knowledge and grasp upon it and later trying to get into the nba world probably in the next two or so years yeah nice all right uh, so right now we're about to go ahead and take a quick break on deep talk with swimming blaze right after this uh, rather these break we'll be right back to the subject all right stay tuned Welcome, welcome back to Deep Talk with Sony Blaze, where we get to have deep intellectual conversation with high-minded individuals right in the smoothest city in the world, Rochester, New York. I am your very knowledgeable host, Sony Blaze. Welcome to Deep Talk with Sony Blaze. Now, today we have a very special guest. His name is Brian Smith, and we're talking about the importance of financial literacy today. So. Anyway, let's go ahead and um, uh, talk about a little bit about it. So um, before we want to get into it, do you want to actually, you know, let up any uh, let the people know? Like I said, I had another brain fart. You want to let the people know a little bit more about yourself before we get into the subject? Yes. Um, before the break, I wanted to touch base. I'm also the president of the National Society of Black Engineers here in Rochester. Ooh. So if you're an engineer, um Check us out at Rock Nesby on Facebook and also on Instagram. Um, follow us, send us a message, and we'll get to kind of rocking. Uh, we do different social activities and also improvements on just how to be a better engineer and also a better person. Also, I don't know how to say that. Bit, well, social bit. aspects and also how to improve yourself. Gotcha, gotcha. So I just want to, um, so with this group, is this for just mainly for black people or anybody can actually join this? Yes, anyone can join. It's also open to STEM majors, um, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Um, But our name is Black Engineers. So that's kind of what the group is geared towards, but anyone can participate. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, man, you got a brain on you. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) So let's go ahead and get straight into it. So First of all, what is financial literacy? Like, what exactly is it? So just just tell us about it. Like, exactly what is it? Because, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of listeners doesn't really understand the 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 wording of it or what is it. So um, so tell us, what is financial literacy? Okay, so financial literacy, kind of pulling off of Investopedia, is really the understanding and how to use different financial skills. Hmm. So typically we think of budgeting and kind of paying our checks, but it also expands to like personal financial management, budgeting again, and then investing. And then you can combine those skills to have financial literacy. 
Another way to look at it is regular literacy, so our ability to read. We're all taught how to read. We're looking at a first grade level or maybe we get up to third grade or fifth grade reading comprehension. But for most people, we prefer to get you to your 12th grade and to college. But for whatever reason, we don't really focus on the financial aspects. So our financial grade level may be the first grade or second grade. Just throw that analogy out there. But there's so many different other grades that if you get to their 12th grade or you get to college and financial literacy, you can then, I guess, break the trend Hmm. and establish new ways for yourself. So what do you mean by breaking the trend on that? Like, Explain a little bit more about what you mean by that. Um, so breaking the trend in me, I heard this fact the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, so net worth for black individuals, about $9,000. Um, net worth is like taking all your assets, all your liabilities, assets yes. being things you can sell for money, um, minus your debts. Okay. That, at the end of that, how much you would have left over. So $9,000 for black families. For Hispanic wow. families, we're at $17,000. And then for white families, we're at 130000 Man, that is a, crazy. That is crazy. So it was a big gap. And it's like, all right, we're breaking a trend. I want to get away from whatever category you're in and mm-hmm. expand and go higher and higher. So I feel like some families have that financial literacy where they're taught to their kids at early ages. These are the different things you want to do so that they can – already start out at whatever their pace is and then expand that pace. So they're getting that young knowledge and understanding it. Hmm. Man, that's interesting. Oh man. So like what are, what other ways that you could actually look at financial literacy? Uh, do you have any other points of views of, of what financial literacy is? Um, it's about, I guess, understanding. So budgeting, mm-hmm. how can I make more money? How can I protect my money? How can I preserve it, leverage it, and also improve? So I think some things is like we all pay taxes, but yes. some people get out of paying taxes, and uh. that's because of their knowledge. The persons they know, they can talk to them, like, hey, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. How can I reduce my taxes? And um, how would... Let's say an individual like right now that's listening to you right now. What can they refer to or what can they read to learn more about financial literacy? Like all, like a book. Do you have any types of recommendations? Yeah. So I feel like we all hear it. It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I heard about that. Never um, read it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so crazy. You, you pick up a book. You're like, ah, oh, it has all this stuff in it. And she's just like, ah, I don't really want to do it because doesn't meet but um so you have that book and it has a lot of different gems in there even if you don't agree with the guy and what he's doing but yeah the gems itself are kind of key um and then you also have the richest man in babylon oh which is by man. george clayson mm. and how about this uh have you ever heard about this book as well too in your, in your opinion it's called um Think rich or like, wait, wait, think and grow rich. There it goes. Think and grow rich. Uh, Have you actually read that book before? I have not read it, but I bought it and that's my next up book to read. 
Actually, that that's something I uh, I did start reading it. I had dropped it because I have to say, like, it was that's when the twelfth grade reading level that you was talking about comes in because I was in the reading it and it was like a tall order. I was in the reading it. I, I I read it. I kept on reading it and then I just kind of dropped it <laughs> because of, <laughs> uh, because there was a lot of things that went over my head because, like you said before, it's um it comes down to the level of of reading that you have and i can say maybe i'm like at a seven eighth grade level or something like that i mean it's you know it's, it's something that i'm still practicing on but and now for me saying that now i understand the importance of having a higher level reading skill set so you can be able to actually and learn financial literacy so um yeah while before we get, you jump in mm-hmm. there i just want to go back so yep. the richest man in Babylon okay. is basically written like a fiction book. So it's a great read if you're into that science fiction kind of, mm. not even science fiction, but it's more grabbing versus other books where it's just like, all right, here's money on a page. So for me, I read Richest Man in Babylon like a couple of days just because I like sci-fi stuff. It's not sci-fi, but it's like ancient Egypt-ish, well, Africa gotcha. vibes. So... It's a, it's a great read, easy read too. And actually, I like that. I like actually growing a, a lot of history and stuff like that. And also, anybody chance to the one of the main characters about like who is the main character on that story? Oh, I know we're veering off. I just want to know a little bit more about that book. Um, I forget the guy's name, but Agamash? No, it's some guy. It's some A name, but he's like the richest guy there. He's telling you different stories, and it's like a bunch of um like parables, like kind of in the Bible, gotcha. like parables, things of that nature. So it makes it for a good read. Cause you're like, Oh wow. Hmm. And then it's like that hidden gem in it. You're like, Oh, then you can kind of see it easier because of the, the read was easier. All right. Nice. Cool. I, I need to actually go ahead and get that. That's good. That'll be another book that I'm going to have to put on my reading list as well too. So, um, I have another thing that I want to ask you. Uh, why is the, why is it important to have financial literacy? Like, why is it important, especially not just for, you know, a regular individual, but like a black, you know, a black family to have financial literacy, to be able to be able to handle money in the right and correct way? Like, what's the importance of that? Uh, Again, I think it's really that breaking the trend moment. Um, mm-hmm. You want to get away from that $9,000 being your set point or your ceiling. You don't want to think of it as like something that's holding you back or that's how much I can achieve. So if you have financial literacy, you're like, all right, the sky's the limit. I'm not even trying to work for the next 10 or so years. I hate my nine to five. What ways can I put money in places so that I can have this passive income or like random mm. income? So I can grow things and still work on whatever it is I'm trying to do. I guess it's the idea that you don't want to live paycheck to paycheck or be stuck doing something that you don't like. Hmm. Yeah, man, I feel you on that one. And also, I want to go ahead and go back to something that you said, because a lot of people probably don't know about this term, but it's called passive income. Now, I know a little bit about passive income, but there's probably some individuals that don't know what that is. So explain to us. What is passive income? So passive income is something that's growing in the back. Mm-hmm. So actionable income is me going to work and using a computer. Yep. My time 
equals money back to me. But if I were to buy a vending machine per se, mm-hmm. I just stock it with goods and then I put it somewhere and people go up and buy it. I'm not physically there. I'm not watching it, but money's coming into my pockets because it's going into that machine and then I go pick it up later. Mm-hmm. That would be like a form of passive income. And also like rent houses. Um, you could host a website that has advertising and things of that nature. Like Facebook, so it's giving you a kickback. Mm, man, you just putting out gems. I hope, hopefully, people are just just taking these gems right now that you're putting out. It's just like, whew, it's just like I feel it right now. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, a little bit about uh, what I know about financial literacy and stuff like that is because, like me, um, I didn't have the mindset about financial literacy, and I, you could say I'm still kind of bad with it because you know I tend to actually spend a lot of money, but. As I've grown older um, in order now, uh, I'm starting to realize the importance of it because uh, now I'm starting to actually learn about more about investing. Um, I'm learning more about actually, you know, affiliate programming, um, passive income and um, amongst other things. And also um, investment like a, do you uh, what's your knowledge about investing as well, too? Like exactly like uh, your take on how should we actually invest in what to look for and whatsoever if you have some knowledge in investing? Gotcha. So I would break it up in two different things. So if you have a job that offers you a 401k, mm-hmm. which is basically taking money now out of your paycheck, putting it into the stock market so that when you retire at 65 or so, mm-hmm. you'll have a sizable income because of compound interest. Um, quick little thing there. If you're 20 years old and you put a dollar into the market, Assuming the average rate of return is 8%, you'd have $21 when you turn 65. And it basically halves each 10 years. So the younger you are, the more you want to be putting in because the more it can grow. Even mm. if you are older, you should still be putting in money into the market so that it can grow. So that when you're 65, you don't have to continue working your nine to five. You can then retire and kind of live and enjoy some way there. Mm, yeah, um, so we all want to actually sit there retire you know real soon i want to retire once i'm 40 <laughs> that's what <laughs> that's what i'm working towards and what's the other gotcha. side of investing so the other side is trying to get you to that 40 year retirement mm. so that's when you can have action so if you're not living paycheck to paycheck you have money on the side you can then invest that into the stock stock market into things that you like so Let's say I like to wear Jordans, I go to Starbucks, and I drive a Tesla. Yeah. So I can invest my money into Nike, Tesla, and Starbucks. Hmm. And that's something that I use, I see other people use. And then over a period of time, my dollar may grow and expand. So like just recently, the whole Tesla explosion. So hmm. March 31st, the market's basically dropped to nothing. Tesla's like 200 or so dollars. Today Damn, so or like, just went in and got me some stock on that. My just go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then like just last month or earlier, I guess two or three weeks ago, it hit like two thousand seven hundred dollars. So if you bought in in March for two hundred dollars, just last month it was two thousand seven hundred. So that's two thousand five hundred dollars on just one share. But let's say you put a lot of money in there. You mm-hmm. can just times that over and over again to see how much you could have had. Yeah. So it's 
it's like kind of choosing companies that you like, you see other people liking, um, mm-hmm. and you kind of like research and study a trend and then invest in it. So you have like your long-term investing, which is what that 401k was. And then you have your medium term, which you're looking at the next one to five years or five to 10 years. So you're like, all right, I need to just make some money fast or this not necessarily make money fast, but I see this as a company that has potential to expand greatly in the next five to 10 years. So if I put money into it, um, I can have X amount of money later. So it's a, like one example is like, if I wanted to buy a Honda Civic, it's like yeah. 30 grand. But instead of me putting whatever the monthly cost of that 30 grand car, would be, let's say it's $500 a month would mm-hmm. be your loan. I instead invest $500 into Honda's company mm. for the next five years. And then that 30 grand may expand to a hundred grand or 40 or 50 grand, depending on what it is. So Tesla exploded. So if you did that equation with Tesla, that 30 grand would have made 130, $200,000. And you'd be like, oh, in five years, I can be driving a $30,000 car. But five years later, I can now buy a $130,000 car. So mm. it's like, what's that difference? Man, and the, no, that's crazy. That's really crazy when you really, truly think about it. Because uh, I think that's just the mindset that we're in. Because a lot of times, like you said, we sit there, we go into, you know, Starbucks, buy a coffee, go go get Jordans, or maybe X purchase a new video game whatsoever. But then we don't sit there and think about like that a hundred and some dollars, that two hundred some dollars, that five hundred dollars, some dollars, the thousand dollars. You know, we couldn't easily put that money into a stock. And then five years, 10 years down the line, because I'm pretty sure that some of some at least some of the stuff you're going to have that long. And then like down the line, you get a profit back onto it. And that's really crazy to think about. And that's 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 to let you people know that the importance of financial literacy, because if you had that, if you had that mindset, you will know, like, you know, instead of wasting my money on stupid stuff, stupid shit. I could have sit there and spend my money (laughs) on some, you know, on my future to build up, you know, that that wealth that, you know, family wealth, you know, generational wealth. But anyway, we're about to go right back into the discussion about financial literacy with Brian Smith on Deep Talk with Sony Blaze. We'll be right back after these breaks. We are back to Deep Talk with Sony Blaze. We get to have deep intellectual conversation with high-minded individuals right in the smoothest city in the world, Rochester, New York. I'm your host, Sony Blaze, with my special guest, Brian. Hello, special guest, Brian. Hi, yes, hi. <laughs> and welcome back to Deep Talk with Sony Blaze. I have to say, I do enjoy hearing my own voice. I, I just, I have a special sweet, soft, uh, sweet spot for my own voice. I mean, I love hearing it. Hello, ladies. How y'all doing? I hopefully, hopefully y'all enjoy my very sexy internet radio voice. All right, let me stop. <laughs> so anyways, let's go ahead and go straight back into the conversation. We're Today, we're talking about the benefits of not the benefits, but the importance of financial literacy, especially in the black community. And what we're about to go ahead and find out the benefits of being financial literate. So tell us like the actual benefits of 
being financial literate? Um, benefit wise to me is just having money in your pocket. Mm. Um, for rainy days, things of that nature, you're not really, you're not worried about money. So I, I know where my money is. If I needed to, I could find a thousand, I could find X amount of money for something. Um, yeah. and then also thinking about my future is like, all right, I want to buy a house. I can buy a house if I want to, I'm retiring. I can retire freely and not be stressed out. I'm not there yet, but I'm still, I'm still young. I'm still in the 30s, but you know, soon I want to, I want to get to that point where I'm like, I, I'm good. I'm just, I can do what I want to do. Yeah. That's kind of what that benefit is knowing that you're good. So if I, if I understand it, what you mean about the, like, um, especially in your perspective, to be able to have that extra little money to do whatever. So let's say like one day that I I just wanted to just go to a random vacation and I had that little bit of extra money just to do it. So basically that's like one of the benefits of financial literacy. Is that correct? Like at least one of them, the one aspect. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely one of them. Um, you know, planning out for that future, you know, I want to get a vacation. Mm-hmm. You can plan it out and be like, I can put monies here to plan for it. I mean, budgeting is financial literacy, so you can budget out a vacation. Hmm. Um, let's say you get a random transmission problem and you need $1,000. You already have that set aside anyway. So you're like, all right, cool. I can cover that. I'm not stressed out about my car hmm. holding me back from work. I can get that covered and not, I mean, I'm still stressed just because it's that issue, but I'm not like, oh crap, where I'm going to find a thousand dollars. Gotcha. All right. So that, that's, that's something to really think about. And also what can like for, especially for the little, um, for the individuals that's out there, who's listening, what can we do to become more knowledgeable about our fan of our finances? Like how to get more financial literate, like, what can we do to become more knowledgeable on that type of subject? Um, the best way to go about that is really, I, we books are basically free. You can go to the library, pick it up. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay for them. If you do mm-hmm. want to pay for them, you can pay for them as well. Um, so you have the library, the financial section of the library. Um, you can go to Barnes & Noble, go to the finance section. You can also go to like investopedia.com. You can just search financial literacy and Google and it'll spit back things. Look at budgeting, investing, personal finance. I know they teach a class at MCC. Um, I didn't take it, but I took um, personal finance in college. So hmm. you, should, you should take it. If, if you have the time available, why not take personal finance? Because that's something that's literally going to affect you for the rest of your life. Yep. Like you take math, calculus four, no one does that but me but let's say if you take like algebra and whatnot you're like i don't mm-hmm. think i ever use this again but you're always doing something with money so that's that's a class that you should be taking at personal finance yeah yep yep and um how about like other media like like uh, like do you have like a recommend um other recommended books for us to actually go ahead and um get more knowledge about fine um, about handling our finances um, the books we mentioned before the break, um, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, mm-hmm. Richest Man in Babylon, George Clayson, uh, Think, 
what's that? That one you had mentioned about think. Rich okay, think and grow rich. Think and grow rich. Yeah, that as well. Um, so books like that, I would definitely recommend. Hmm. And then I guess like just some random things that I have that you could just take a quick note on. The way that I think of like not living paycheck to paycheck yes. is if you save at least 10% from each paycheck you get, maybe that's $100 or so amount of money. Yeah. Do you really need that 10% or can you really put that to the side? Like you can, I, I, I feel like people can give up 10%. Hmm. Um, and just, just put it to the side and just each paycheck, you put it 10% to the side, 10%, 10%. And then eventually at the end of the year, if we're looking at hundred dollars per paycheck. You get paid biweekly. So 26 times a hundred, $2,600. And that's just money that you put aside that you can build up. And now you already have that quick emergency fund done where it's like, if I need a transmission, I can cover it. And it's interesting. If you can't start at 10%, just start at nine, eight, seven, or you can start at 1%. Yeah. And just put it to the side. And then you're like, all right, I'm good at 1%. I'll move up to 2%, 3%, 4%. And then you can really preferably get up to like 15, 20%. Whereas like, I'm going away from my emergency funds where if I need it, I have it covered. So now I'm either paying off debt that I have currently. And if I'm done paying my debt down, I can now start putting that money into investing. And mm-hmm. then that money can grow from my dollar to $2, $3, $4 over the years. So instead of me spending my $1 or just holding $1, that $1 can now equal $2. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, so we have our 10%, take it out of your paycheck and just open a separate bank account and just put it there. Also, if you don't have a bank account, you should open a bank account. So that's the biggest thing. So we have like payday loans where they just charge you an insane percentage on like a hundred percent on whatever you're taking out or higher or lower. I mean, I don't know. They vary, but you don't want, if I can open a bank account for free, like some bank accounts open for like a dollar. If you deposit a dollar or you direct deposit your money to that bank account, or $25, you could set up that bank account and have all your paychecks deposited to it. And you don't have to physically go to the bank. You don't have to ever see the bank teller ever again. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, she had money out, but everything's just automatically going in there and automatically that check is cashed in your account. And then you just go in and say, I want to take 10% and put it into my savings account. Yep. Um, it's a great way to start. And then once you really gain that financial literacy, you're yes. doing stuff, you've been reading. Now I'm looking at it. my brick and mortar account is only giving me like half a percentage point. Not mm-hmm. even that. It's like a tenth of a percentage point, which is like pennies on the dollar. I went to like an online bank account. Right now, the market's shaky. So that's understandable. But before the market, yep. it was like 2%. Hmm. 2% is way better than 0.1%. So if you have like $100, you can get $2 back. But before you're getting two pennies back. So putting your money in places where it can like somewhat meet inflation is a good thing. Um, so now you're building your emergency fund up. Yep. And then you can move into investing. 
and investing beating inflation, hopefully by like five to 10%. So now you're coming out on top. And also, um, I'm sorry to interrupt you because I just got a, a, a question from, not a question, but maybe like a, a statement or, or, or a input on somebody just now. They said also with saving, um, when we was talking about um, when saving, also save for health of somebody's life because you may never know what may happen in the future. If I think it was for like the benefits of uh, financial literacy, but they just asked, they just, you know, put that statement in because you may never know what may something, what may happen to somebody, you know, let's go ahead and you just uh, think the most high, like nothing happened to us, but anything could happen. So I just want to actually put that in there and, uh, and also future stability too. So I just want to add that in, in, in there. It's my bad for interrupting you. So, cause yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's definitely a good topic. Um, health insurance is key. I mean, I know they didn't mention health insurance. They were just saying save up. But I'm thinking they can, probably meant you buy that health too. insurance. Okay. Yeah. So if you buy health insurance now, that can reduce that cost. If you buy life insurance, like a term policy, mm-hmm. I don't really recommend it because I don't have kids. But yeah. let's say you have children mm-hmm. and you were to pass away. I mean, Hopefully that would never happen, but life insurance is probably like $10 a month or something low like that. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd have to find the exact numbers, but you can get a million dollar policy. Hmm. And let's say you were to pass away. Your child now has a million dollars. They're already set way more than like almost anyone else. So, I mean, I think once you have kids, that's when you really got to start looking at life insurance to make sure that your children are set for the future. Um, also, during COVID right now, and as many people are dying for, from oh, it, which is a great thing, but people are still dying. Let's say you did have insurance and you were to unfortunately pass away and you had a million-dollar policy that would be paid out to you and your – well, not you, but your family mm-hmm. to help set them up. So I think that financial literacy piece is like you're, you're always thinking about the big picture and not focused in on one area. Gotcha. Mm. And speak also, you said something about the children as well, too. Um, now we're about to go ahead and jump somewhere else. Um, how about our children? Like, like, how do we begin to actually teach them about financial literacy? Like, where do that begin? Like, and how do we do that? I think it's important to get your kids started as early as possible. Like, almost every decision, not every decision, but, you know, Within reason, you know, when you're at the store and they're like, "Oh, I want this," mm-hmm. you're gonna kind of explain to them, like, "All right, how do you get that money? Where does this money come from? It's not just mom pays for it. Mom took five dollars out of her purse to pay for it, but where did that five dollars come from?" I mean, it's mm-hmm. probably way advanced, but you know, just teaching slowly, putting it in their mind. Money doesn't come off the trees. This is what happens. Um, I like the marshmallow game where it's like, I can give you one marshmallow now, or if you wait five minutes, you can get two marshmallows. Oh, I know about that game too. I know about that. I've seen about that because um, uh, basically what it is, is there is a experiment or whatever. Like they put like a marshmallow down and they tell the kids, okay, if you wait for a certain amount of time, you get two marshmallows. But you can eat it, or um, but you can eat it now, or something like that around those lines. But I'm, uh, but I know which one you're talking about, though. Yeah, and definitely that. Like that's in their mind. I mean, it might not be finance, but 
is telling them if I were to wait for something, and you can kind of combine the two. So it's, it's kind of like investing per se, mm-hmm. now and grows later. Um, and then also they just have classes for it. Um, you can go online, Facebook, there's a few groups that kind of been established during this COVID times where it's like black professionals are teaching other black people so that we're not left away. Um, Mm. Inside of trading, that's a group. Um, What would Joel do? What would Joel do? I'm giving free press to this guy, but it's a cool thing. He has a course where it's like, he calls it Mission Impossible, and it's like you pay some money, and he basically teaches your kids. So he has like an adult version and a kid version of the class. Mm -hmm. Um, Robert Kiyosaki has the cash flow game where – for teenagers and also adults where it's like breaking down that idea of investing or buying rental property and thinking about your purchases and things of that nature. So, I mean, it's all around us. It's really just kind of like tapping in on social media, kind of teaching your kids by yourself, um, just Mm -hmm. how money comes in and out and then kind of finding it online. Yep. Yeah, I'm, that that's told. I'm totally agree on that one because, like, if I learn, can you hear clicks your mouse? <laughs> oh my, the person, uh, somebody told me they could hear the click on my mouse. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I have to say though, like the mic, the microphone that I have is very powerful. But um, yeah, um, back to what I was saying. Uh, yeah, if I learn like a lot earlier how to really truly handle my money and whatsoever i probably been well, a lot better off than where i am now especially with saving investing and stuff like that but luckily for me when i was going to school like some of my teachers even though they was white you know them, them teachers did look out for me <laughs> they had taught me like they taught me a few stuff like um, they taught me how to write checks. They taught me, you know, um, how to actually you know, do a few other things. But if I really truly had gotten to more knowledge and actually had somebody to teach me every day how to use money and whatsoever, especially put it in my face, I, I probably been one a lot better off how I'd spend and, and putting some um, some financial just know how. But anyway, we're about to go ahead and go to our last break. And uh, we'll be right back on the mainradio.com. We are back with the on the mainradio.com on Deep Talk with Sony Blaze, where we get to have deep intellectual conversation with high-minded individuals right in the smoothest city in the world, Rochester, New York. I'm your host, Sony Blaze. Welcome to Deep Talk with Sony Blaze. I, I do love my own voice. <laughs> I'm here with my special guest, Brian Smith. Uh, say hello to the people again. Hello, it's Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so today, what we, we what we did, we had a deep convo about the importance of financial literacy, the uh, what is financial literacy, the importance of knowing about it, the benefits of what we can get from financial literacy, and um, how to become more knowledgeable, and as well as teaching our kids about it 
So anyway, I'd want to go ahead and just leave the rest of the floor for you know Brian Smith. So go ahead and just you know, uh, just uh, let the people who know who you are and any other recommendation that that you have for them to actually really get more into financial literacy. Gotcha. So Brian Smith again. Um, the books I mentioned: Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Poor Dad, um, Richest Man in Babylon book. Um, big takeaways: ten percent of your paycheck, just put it to the side. Open a bank account, direct deposit to it, uh, pay off your debts, and kind of start saving to get to investing. So that's on the finance side, the city of Rochester side. I am the president of the National Society of Black Engineers. We want engineers in Rochester to sign up with us. So we can find us at Rock Nesby on Instagram and also on Facebook. Um, it's a great opportunity to socialize with other engineers and also to grow yourself professionally outside of the different engineering disciplines. And then also another plug, the census. It is critical for our people and people just in general to sign up and fill out the census. You can Google census and fill it out online. I don't know the exact address at the moment, but sign up. If you have not taken your census yet, please do so. It, um, helps with the community, um, and mm-hmm. distributes funds to the area and kind of figure out what the population is and what's the focus there. So if there's a bunch of kids in one area, all right, we need to put a lot of money towards the schools in this area. Are there old persons here? We need to look at senior citizen shelters and things of that nature. And how long um, do they got left until they can sign up? Uh, they're trying to, Trump is trying to kill us. But no, um, <laughs> political issue there. Um, I believe you have until the end of September to sign up, but you should just do it right now as you are probably on the Internet. Just Google census and get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then while you're also, after you're done finishing with the census, sign up to vote. Voting is key. It is your given right. And whoever you vote for, I don't care as long as you vote. That's what's important. As long as you do. All right. Well, that's about it that we have for Deep Talk with Sony Blaze. I want to go ahead and thank the listeners that went in and actually joined us and listened to um, Deep Talk with Sony Blaze tonight about the importance of financial literacy. Next week, we're going to talk to, uh, we're going to be having a a deep convo with DJ Bonga. So, anyways, thank you for joining us on this episode of Deep Talk with Sony Blaze. You'll be able to catch the podcast real soon once it's up. Peace and love and hair grease. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna start using the Soul Train line, you know, the uh, outro. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> see y'all later. <laughs>